Joe Biden removed classified documents from secure areas when he was vice president, and the details are pretty damning. The new House will investigate Chinese influence and the weaponization of federal agencies. A new study on kids and porn is sad in oh so many ways. New Illinois gun laws are pure garbage. The Biden administration says gas stoves are bad. There's a new racist word and much, much more. All on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 219 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, a lot to talk about. The House of Representatives trying to make big changes. Another presidential classified document scandal. New gun laws in Illinois, new hateful things that you've been saying all along that you can't say anymore. Your stove is going to kill you. A follow-up on a story that we did the last show about kids and porn. All of a sudden, we were at the forefront of this because it is big news because of a new study that has just been released. But I think I want to start with the Biden classified documents. Oh, we've all talked about the Donald Trump classified documents. If we remember the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, they went through Melania's underwear and shoes and they looked everywhere because it was horrible. Joe Biden was so mad at Donald Trump. It was so irresponsible. He said that Donald Trump would remove classified documents from secure areas and bring them to his private residence. Well, it turns out that Joey, Joey did the same thing. And they were found by his own lawyers when they were closing down an office that he had at a university in Pennsylvania. And there is a lot to unpack when it comes to this, because one, there's obviously the hypocrisy. And quite often it takes a long time for hypocrisy to be shown. In this case, not so much. Because the Donald Trump classified document thing seems like it just happened. And then we get this with Joey and his classified documents, which when you start looking into the details, appears to be way more nefarious. And I may just be biased because I don't really like Joey. And I think Donald Trump did some good things. But in this case, there is a lot to unpack. The first detail that I think is worthy of talking about is one that a lot of people that have heard about these documents don't know because it doesn't seem like people are screaming this one from the rooftops. They did not just discover these documents in Joe Biden's office at the university in Pennsylvania. No, these documents were found six days before the midterm elections. Did anybody hear about it? No, they did not. Could that have made a difference in the midterm elections as far as who was going to control the Senate and the House? I think quite possibly. I think this was some very interesting information that had come to light 
especially right on the end of the Donald Trump. Well, they're still investigating it, but on the Donald Trump document story coming right after that, this has to change things a little bit, right? Because if Donald Trump should be going to jail for removing any of these documents from the White House or wherever he took them from, well, then Joe Biden removing the documents from a secure area and leaving them in an unsecure area at a public university, you would think would be troublesome. But there's more to it than that because there is a connection to China, as Donald Trump would say, and this office and uh, Joe Biden's son and a bunch of payments, this office where these were found at the Penn Biden Center for Democracy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania, according to the site, just the news has been a focus of a watchdog complaint because its parent university had received large sums of money estimated to be at least $54 million in the time period around when Biden joined the group, including Chinese donors who helped fund, the article says, the nearly $1 million in personal pay that Joe Biden received from the think tank. According to Just the News, quote, the center, which was announced in 2017 and opened one year later, was set up the same year that Biden's son, Hunter, was creating a joint venture with Chinese officials in a company called CEFC to pursue national gas deals within the United States, which would have benefited the communist nation. Hunter Biden even offered his father a set of keys to the office for the new venture in 2017 emails showed, end quote. The article then points out that the Biden family drew scrutiny from congressional investigations for receiving a no interest forgivable loan from the Chinese partners. And again, this coming from emails found on the Hunter Biden laptop, which we know we can't talk about because then you'll be thrown off of social media. The article continues, quote, the web of Chinese deals and contacts. One of Hunter Biden's Chinese associates, Patrick Ho, was eventually arrested and convicted, has many in the GOP now believing China's monetary contributions to Penn were no accident. It may even be possible that China could have accessed sensitive information from the Bidens as a result. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer raised this very issue on Tuesday in a letter to the White House saying, quote, President Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, also plan to share an office with an individual affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, which raises questions about who else had access to these highly sensitive documents because of President Biden's totally irresponsible actions. End quote. Again, that is a quote from James Comer. And I think these are interesting questions because this wasn't just Biden took some of these things home and forgot about it. Donald Trump took him to Mar-a-Lago. That was a horrible thing. These documents that Joe Biden took as vice president wound up in an office at the University of Pennsylvania that seems to have ties to the Chinese government. You can't make this stuff up. And I'm sure there will be investigations because the House 
making a lot of changes, going to investigate a lot of things. And I'm sure this will be one of them. But there appears to be a money trail from the Chinese government to Joe Biden. There seems to be a connection here with this office at this think tank between members of the Chinese Communist Party and the Bidens. And uh, Hunter Biden seems to have made a lot of money from Chinese interests as well. But no, I'm sure none of that is connected. So it's going to be an interesting story to watch. And I know it's hard to get good journalisming out there, as we point out quite a bit. So I don't know exactly what is accurate here or what is not. Not going to convict Joe Biden until all of the information comes out, until there is a thorough investigation done, unlike a lot of people who believe you convict and then look into it. No, you have to have the investigation, but there does appear to be a lot of evidence and a trail that is leading someplace that the Democrats are not going to like. And I shouldn't even say the Democrats, maybe the Biden family, because the House of Representatives did vote overwhelmingly yesterday to establish a subcommittee to investigate U.S.-China strategic competition. The vote tally at the House for this was 365 and 65. So overwhelmingly voting to look into the threat posed by the Chinese communist government. We've had many stories in the news and here about TikTok and what kind of a danger that is, allowing Chinese tech companies to be on every phone that is in the United States. So this is going to be an interesting thing to follow, and I will certainly do that here. When Joe Biden was asked about these classified documents, he said, quote, I take classified documents or classified information seriously, end quote. Yeah, sure you do, Joey. Sure you do. He said he was surprised that records were uncovered at the Washington, D.C. office of his think tank. Surprised he was. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Joey's mush brain knows what's going on in the world at this point. I think there's a lot of people that are using Joey as the presidential puppet, including his family, in order to further enrich themselves. It certainly would not be a surprise, but that is still why the investigations have to be done and we need to let that work its course. But Joey is so surprised, very surprised. He was very quick to bring the hammer down on Donald Trump, but now he's just surprised that he did the same thing. I know the hypocrisy of it is absolutely delightful if it wasn't so sad that this is the state of political affairs in the United States of America at this point. So again, let's just remember the difference here in the Biden documents. They were found six days before the midterm elections, and that was covered up because, you know, that wasn't going to interfere with the election at all or maybe give people pause on whether or not they wanted to vote the Democrats in because the Democrats politicized the Trump documents to the hilt, but then were very silent when it happened to their own guy. Let's understand the House is investigating China, and let's understand that there is a Chinese connection to Penn, where this think tank from Joe Biden and his kid Hunter located, and a lot of money going to the Biden family 
seems like it's funneling Chinese money into their pockets, but the investigation will go on. The House is also planning on investigating the weaponization of government, which is causing people on both sides of the aisle to have much different reactions. No surprise that Representative Jim Jordan will likely chair, and I think he is the right person for the job. He is somebody that for the longest time now has been involved in trying to get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff that's been going on with governmental agencies misusing their power, things like the FBI being weaponized to go after Donald Trump. We all know the Sirac and whatever her name was in the FBI that were outed for intentionally trying to undermine the president. Of course, the uh, Democrats, in this case, the Judiciary Committee ranking member, Jerry Nadler of New York, we all know Jerry, he has derided this panel being created to, quote, settle political scores on behalf of Donald Trump, unquote. Well, that may be true. But as long as the investigation is honest and accurate, Mr. Nadler, do we not want to know if governmental agencies have been weaponized and politicized to go after political opponents rather than be honest, rather than enforce the law of the land? Wouldn't we want to know that? It seems like the Democrats have a long running thought that we should ignore the laws when it benefits them. No, we don't need voter ID. No, we'd love it when there is voter fraud. They want everybody to be able to vote whether or not they can. Oh, there is immigration laws. No, no, the border. No, we don't want to enforce that. Come on in. Get your free cell phone and a plane ticket to wherever you want to go. The Democrats do not like to enforce the law of the land. It's because of the fact they've been fighting so long against the laws of the land, and they know they can't win by doing things the right way. They cannot win by doing things legally, so they try to undermine the law of the land at every turn, which is why I can't believe so many people still vote. Democrats, but I think a lot of people just don't pay attention. I think they're useful idiots who have no idea what's going on in their country. And I think it's very important at this point to look into these agencies that have so much power, including the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, all of these entities that have so much power, the IRS. And we look at them, investigate them, and make sure that from the lowest to the highest level in each of these organizations that the people are doing what they are supposed to be doing and not abusing the power that comes with working for those entities. Along those lines, the House has also introduced a bill to abolish the IRS. Now, I don't actually expect that to happen, but I think it's an interesting play in the fact that you're putting that out there and both of these political sides, the Democrats and the Republicans, they're both trying to win over 
the independents. They're trying to win over the people to put their team in power. And it's a horrible system when it really comes down to it, that there's only two major teams going here. But this is an interesting thing to put out there since the Democrats have very carefully curated a society of people who want to get the entitlements, people that want their hands to remain out there and the government should pay them so they don't have to work. The government should provide for them. They should feed them. They should close, clothe them and they should give them housing. A lot of people think that. And a lot of people that are paying taxes would rather not pay taxes. I think almost everybody that's paying taxes is like, I'd rather not. So putting out there that you want to abolish the IRS, who the Democrats just added 87,000 agents to the roles of the IRS, nothing can go wrong there. They're not coming after you. No, no, don't worry about it. Just because we very closely almost had anybody that made over $600 on PayPal start getting tax forms down from like $20,000. No, don't pay any attention to this. Joey Biden told us that if you're making under, what was it, 200000 or if you're making under $400,000, you weren't going to pay one penny more in new taxes. Yeah, I don't believe Joey. I don't think Joey knows what he's saying. And Joey forgot to tell us that maybe the tax rate's not going to go up, but the cost of eggs is going to go up exponentially. The cost of everything in your grocery cart's going to go up. The cost of gas to heat your home is going to go way up. The cost of gas in your vehicles is going to go way up. But no, you're not going to pay a penny more in taxes. You're going to be broke because of what this administration has done, what the Democrat Party has done. But no, don't worry about that. So the Republican House putting out there that they would like to abolish the IRS is an interesting concept. Don't believe that's going to happen. But it's going to be interesting to watch. Like all politics, it can be entertaining. There will be no more proxy voting in the House, which I think is a great thing. This is something that was kind of accepted under COVID. And there's no reason why our representatives can't show up to work. This is not a place where I want people to be working remotely. I want them to be there doing the job focused on what they're doing. And I know this is a radical thing to say because we're living now in a time where a lot of people like working from home. I think we all realize that the work ethic of people that work at home is probably not the same as people who are actually in an office. One, you're not being watched as much. Your breaks certainly aren't being timed. And I believe it is a huge detriment for the amount of work that actually gets done. I mean, I get it. I get why it's great. I get why you'd want to work from home. But from the company side of things, I think it's moronic to allow it for most. And for our elected officials, I think they should be there doing their job in the chamber, not off golfing, not off on vacation, not voting from a beach in Tahiti. No, they should be there doing the job. If they're elected to do the job and they accept to do the job, I mean, they're running. It's not like we're electing people who don't want the gig. If you want to do the job, do the job. You don't get to vote via proxy. 
So show up, do the work, and serve the American people. That's what you are there for. On the last episode of this podcast, we talked about online pornography and children and trying to block it and what kind of an absolute mess that is when it comes to the concept that you can even do something to prevent children from accessing it. Well, a new study has come out by a nonprofit child advocacy group that should really just reinforce everything that we told you on the last episode. It's interesting to see how this was covered a little bit differently in places like the New York Times than it was on Fox News. But we'll take some of this information here from the New York Times, which has an article that starts, quote, the Internet has transformed pornography, making it much easier to view and share than in the days of Playboy magazines and late night cable television. For teenagers, that's recreated a deluge of sexually explicit photos and videos that has invaded their everyday lives, according to a report released on Tuesday, end quote. Now, I don't really believe this because I use the Internet a lot, more than most, I would guess, and I am not deluged with pornographic pictures and video they don't just magically show up it's not like the old days where you accidentally clicked the link and a pornado came up if you've never had to enjoy a pornado you just haven't lived that was back in the day when the internet was young and you would click on the wrong link and all of a sudden 4,000 windows would all pop up with sexually explicit material usually and there was not much you could do except shut the whole computer down this was before we had good ad blockers before we had good pop-up blockers and good antivirus software but that doesn't happen anymore i don't accidentally run into pornography so that part of the concept is absolutely wrong Now, this article on the New York Times continues, quote, three quarters of teenagers have viewed pornography online by the age of 17, with the average age of their first exposure at age 12, according to this report by Common Sense Media, the nonprofit child advocacy group. Teenagers are seeing the photos and videos on their smartphones, on their school devices, and across social media, pornography sites, and streaming sites, it said, end quote. So, according to this study, let that sink in, three quarters of 17-year-olds have viewed pornography online, average first exposure at 12, which means there are people that had their first exposure long before being 12. And I'm standing by my concept on the last episode, which is anybody that gives a kid under the age of 18 a device should be held responsible for this. And children should not be on the Internet. We don't have to childproof the Internet for kids. You cannot block pornography. One of the first comments on Fox News from somebody was, well, all devices just need a chip. 
and all porn sites have to be the XXX domain, and then we'd be able to block them. It's like, but that's not how the world works. There's no chip that's going to magically block pornography. And the fact that it exists upon all of the social media platforms and can be shared privately, there's absolutely nothing you can do. Now, kids viewing it during the school day, again, don't give them devices. Do not give them devices. And if you're a school, you don't have to give them access to the Internet. You can give them access to things that you have locally on your network. You can very safely whitelist certain sites. I mean, now, will some kids figure out how to get around it? Maybe. But then you catch them and you don't give them access to any devices anymore. Trying to childproof the Internet is not going to work. And it's interesting because the people that make the argument, and I talked about it on the last show, and this just occurred to me since then, make the argument that, you know, you can't walk into a brick and mortar store and buy a Playboy, although I don't think Playboy exists anymore. You can't walk into a brick and mortar store under 18 and buy a Playboy. Although I can tell you from experience, that's not really the truth. But the concept being, if you're underage, the brick and mortar stores are going to require an ID in order to serve you. And that's what the Internet should do as well. I'm going in the other direction, which is you can't go into an adult theater or a strip club if you're underage. So the Internet, you shouldn't allow anybody in if they're underage. It's the same kind of a concept. You cannot protect the children from what is on the Internet. You either have to be a good parent and explain to them how some of the adult things that appear on the Internet are not healthy for them. You actually have to do parenting. You cannot expect there's any device, there's any magical way to keep your kids off of sites where pornography exists because it exists on the sites that they use each and every day. And most aren't going to porn sites. They're seeing it on sites like the social media site. This New York Times article blathers on, though, saying, quote, the report underlined how ubiquitous pornography has become with 41 percent of teenagers saying they have seen images of nudity or sexual acts online during the school day. Much of the exposure was by accident, with 58 percent saying they did not seek out the sexually explicit videos and photos but they had come across them while surfing the web on social media or through search engines or clicking ads, end quote. Again, most of you listening, since this is a podcast delivered over the internet, have surfed the internet. How often do you accidentally come across adult material? How often? I want to know. If this is happening to you with regularity, that you are just not even trying. It's just accidentally, it's just out of the blue popping up on your screens. If this is happening to you, please reach out. Let me know that it's happening to you. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I want to know because I don't believe this is the truth at all. I don't think this is accidentally happening to anybody beyond maybe having a friend or somebody that sends you a link like, hey, click on this. Beyond that, I have never hit a search engine result that accidentally brought me to porn. Also mentioned was a majority in this survey 
said that the pornography portrayed stereotypes of black, Latino, and Asian people. So, I mean, okay, uh, I guess we know what they're looking for in that case. And it also said that 45% said that the pornography provided with helpful information about sex. LGBTQ teenagers in particular said it helped them discover more about their sexuality. Again, I'm thinking this is just because parenting and schools and everything else has failed these kids. But a professor, Emily Rothman, a professor of community health services at Boston University, says, quote, we have to be careful about saying all porn is good or bad. There is nuance here. No, there's really not. There really is not nuance here. Children should not be going to porn videos to learn about a healthy life and what they should be doing. But that is pretty much what you would expect from the liberal professors out there. Again, let's run down the stats. 73% of teens age 17 and younger reported consuming pornography. 54% said that they had seen online porn at the age of 13 or younger. And 15% reported seeing porn at the age of 10 or younger. Again, giving the kids a 10 a device that can access the internet is horrible parenting and you should be put in jail. You should have your kids taken away from you because you are horrible parents. I know that might piss some of you off, but that is absolutely the case if you're giving a 10-year-old unfettered access to the internet or a 12-year-old unfettered access to the internet. You are a moron. The world is a dangerous place. You don't let your kids go into certain areas, right? You don't let them do certain things. But no, the internet, they should be able to have access to because it it's all lollipops and roses. It is not. It is never going to be. There is no legislation that will make it safe for your kids. You cannot remove the bad things from the internet. So be aware of that. And parent. James Steyer, the CEO and founder of the Common Sense Group, said, quote, the results of this research confirms a very important point. It is time for us to talk about pornography. We need to consider conversations with teens about pornography the same way we think of conversations about sex, social media, drug and alcohol use, and more. Kids can and will be exposed to pornography one way or another often before a caregiver has a chance to tackle the subject, end quote. And for that, he is 100% correct. This comes down to parenting. There is no magical solution that is going to keep your kids from accessing this. I just don't believe the it magically shows up without me looking for it. But with that said, the access to it is easy. When you give your kids a device that can access the internet, so think twice about doing it. Instead of thinking, well, the government should force everybody to check ID. No. Would you let your kid go into a strip club at 10 years old? Would you let your kid go into an adult theater at 12 years old? No. Giving them access to the internet, giving them a device to do so is doing just that. As an aside to that, if you really think you can trust the teachers, that are taking care of your children, do a search, whatever you use, DuckDuckGo, Google if you have to, about the Chicago teachers that have been grooming children and raping children 
and how many hundreds of cases have been reported over the last few years. Parents, talk to your kids, pay attention to what's going on. I don't know what more can be said. But here in Illinois, there are some new gun laws because that's going to take care of the problems. That's going to take care of the problems. The measure that was passed will now limit the magazine size you can have with a long gun to 10 and a pistol 15 rounds. And if you have one that is bigger than that already, you can be grandfathered in, but you're going to have to report it to the state, which does not seem like a fun thing to do. Hoping this gets turned around or shot down by a court very soon because my six hour, I believe, has a 17 magazine capacity. And as I know, I've talked about in the past, the concept that magazine capacity does anything to increase the killing rate of a firearm is absolutely insane. Do a YouTube search. I'm sure you can find somebody that'll show you how quick you can change magazines in a gun. It's under a second. So, okay, you can't have anything over a 15-round magazine, but that magazine could be swapped out in under a second and then the gun is fully loaded again. You could buy as many magazines as you want. So I'm sure they're going to go after that at some point. A quote from the worst governor in the country, J.B. Pritzker, says, quote, for a long time now, I and many other leaders in the Illinois General Assembly have prioritized getting the most dangerous weapons off our state streets. Today, honoring the commitment we made, we passed one of the strongest assault weapon bans in the nation. One I will be proud to sign. This legislation will stop the spread of assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, and switches and make our state a safer place for all. I look forward to signing the bill immediately so we can stop the sale of these deadly weapons as soon as possible. End quote. It's going to do nothing. J.B. Pritzker knows it's going to do nothing because you can look at the statistics. The percentage of gun crimes that are committed by people who legally bought the gun are minuscule. You come to Chicago, the guns that are being involved in all the gun warfare, the gang warfare, not legally purchased 90 something percent of the time. So this is an absolute joke. It's nothing but a joke. It's nothing but virtue signaling. And this just adds to more people going, well, why does anybody need an assault weapon? Here's the funny thing. They're all assault weapons, idiots. That's what they're not telling you. Any pistol made is an assault weapon as long as it goes to the next bullet without you having to reload. So every pistol is an assault weapon. This concept of what semi-automatic is and making it sound scary. Like, no, that just means every time you pull the trigger, there's a new bullet in there. That's a semi-automatic. That's it. That just means the next time you pull the trigger, another bullet comes out. This bill also included bump stocks, which the federal court recently, well, I forget which federal court it was, struck down Donald Trump's bump stock ban, saying it was unconstitutional. So state of Illinois, I would expect this to also be shut down as being unconstitutional. And this, again, is nothing but virtual signaling if fat. J.B. Pritzker really wanted to do something about this, he would have the DAs in Chicago prosecuting the criminals. 
pretending the guns are the problem and the capacity is the problem and the bump stock is the problem. It is none of those. It's the fact that we refuse to put the criminals in jail. We're again going after law-abiding citizens who have committed no crime and ignoring the people that are actually committing the atrocities. They've also gone as far as to say that all models that are like an AR-15 and A-47 will now be illegal, which is going to get constitutionally challenged. I can guarantee you that as well. Because there's really nothing scary about an AR-15. Again, people who think so have no idea the difference between guns. The difference between an AR-15 and a hunting rifle is negligible. But I know it sounds scary because they look different and they look scary. But please educate yourself. If you're one of those people, educate yourself so you at least understand the argument. And understand when people are talking assault rifles now, they are not talking fully automatic weapons. They are not talking about military-grade weapons. They are literally now talking about a six-shooter because, yes, a revolver, the kind, you know, the Lone Ranger War, that is a semi-automatic assault weapon to people on the left. So understand the argument before you get involved with it. It's vital that we keep the constitutionality of laws. It's vital that we understand why, and if you don't know, there's plenty of information out there, why the Founding Fathers, we've done episodes here on Random Thoughts, and yes, the Royal We, about what the Founding Fathers thought about the Second Amendment and why it was important. In a nutshell, again, they wanted people to be able to stand up to an out-of-control government and not be overrun by them, and Since the government has stealth bombers and nuclear weapons and rocket launches, I don't think my pistol is going to do much against them. But this is the problem. When you have an authoritarian government, they don't want the people, their citizenry to be armed because then that's a threat to them. So, again, please do your homework and understand the terms that are being thrown around here. Understand what a magazine is, understand what semi-automatic is. And it's absolutely ridiculous to be like, well, no, a 17 uh, capacity magazine is now illegal. You can only have a 15 because that's going to keep the killing down. Again, go look at how quickly people can reload a gun and ask yourself if there is any logic to that argument at all. And as dangerous as guns are, you know what's even worse? Yeah, those gas stoves you have had in your house for decades. The Biden administration, according to Breitbart, quote, is considering a ban on gas stoves in the United States over concerns about alleged harmful air pollutants released from the appliances, according to a report. The far-reaching admission was made by U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission Commissioner Richard Trumka Jr., who stated that gas stove appliances are a hidden hazard, saying, quote, any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned, Trumpka said, end quote. Yeah. Now, there's other people that are rational who are pointing out that any device that heats up to the point that these devices have to heat up in order to, well, cook your food are going to have emissions. And what we should really be talking about 
is proper ventilation in your kitchen. You know, having that kitchen hood, having something that will circulate the air, remove the air directly from above your stove and put it out into the atmosphere. Of course, I'm sure that's not green, but it is another thing that you should understand what's going on and understand that, yeah, when you cook, there are pollutants that get released into the air. When I cook something here, it's interesting just how the air flows in the house on a split level here, kitchen's a half a level up. And when I make some bacon in the air fryer, the air purifier down here in the office where I record this goes nuts. And the readings on this area go way up into the hundreds, showing that there is a lot of pollutants in the air where the air purifier in the next room over, which is a very large open room, goes up a little. But it just shows you that there is, in fact, no question, there, there is a pollutant effect when you're cooking anything in your home. And the air purifier, not natural gas. So we have to understand this is happening with all things and ask yourself the question, well, why are we going after natural gas? Well, that's a very simple answer because we're seeing in New York already. We're seeing in California. We want to make it illegal to hook up natural gas to new buildings. A lot of restaurateurs are like, you're trying to kill our business. And yeah, they probably are. This again is all about the global warming farce. This is we don't want to use fossil fuels. Let's move everything to electric because that's the answer, except we don't have enough electricity. We don't have a grid that can actually provide enough electricity to run the chargers for your cars. And now we want to have everything be electric for cooking and we don't want to use natural gas. It's all a scam. It's all the same issue. It is all about intentionally making you pay tons more for the things that you need so you have less and have to be reliant on the government. So then you're very docile, which again, they want your weapons too. And you have to ask yourself why. It seems like a pretty simple thing to be able to connect the dots. But you have to be able to understand it and know why it's being done and stand up and say, no, this is not the way it's going to be. Just a quick mention of a national consult poll. I mean, all polling is pretty much garbage when it comes down to it. But in this one of Republican voters, who do you want to vote for as president in 2024? Donald Trump, 47 percent. Ron DeSantis, 33%. This is going to set up for a very interesting presidential cycle. No question about it. And the last story we've got for you is about racism. This from the University of Southern California School of Social Work. It will no longer use this very racist word because it has connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. According to a letter from the department, this horrible word is field. Yes, field. Like out of left field, working in the fields. You can't say field anymore because it's racist. It has negative connotations. How dare you? I mean, and as crazy as I think this is, and asinine that I think this is, the fact that I could say that Wrigley Field is now a racist statement. I think is fantastic. I call for the instant renaming 
of Wrigley Field to a more accurate name, which is smells like urine and losing. I think that would be better. But yeah, field. These are this is what academia is doing to the world. That every word out there that might have some kind of connotation to something else, we can no longer use. USC's Suzanne Dvorak Peck School of Social Work will make the change in order to ensure the use of inclusive language and practice. According to the letter, quote, specifically, we have decided to remove the term field from our curriculum and practice and replace it with practicum, the letter said. This change supports anti-racist social work practiced by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Language can be powerful in phrases such as going into the field or field work maybe have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. The goal of this change was to, quote, honor and acknowledge inclusion and reject white supremacy, anti-immigrant and anti-blackness ideologies, unquote. Man, I don't know. I don't know how we've gotten this far down the sewer or the rabbit hole. The word field is racist because people used to work in fields as slaves or immigrants work in fields. Do they not know they work in fields? Is it not a valid thing to do for people that want to do that kind of work? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me that the term is somehow racist. But when this comes down to is exactly what I've warned you about for years is that they're coming for all of your words. This is why. The Second Amendment is important to protect the First Amendment. And the fact that you have all of these things coming out like, no, no, we can't say this. No, no, we can't say this. No, no, we can't say this. No, no, hate speech. No, it's an issue. And it is ruining our society. It is ruining the ability for people to have honest debates and communications about things. And it's a way to shut down the other side, which is exactly what we saw with all the social media, the Twitter files. This is all about shutting down somebody that dares to have a different opinion than yours. Oh, you don't believe in global warming. Got to shut you down. Got to shut you out. It would be nice if we could return to sanity and logic. And I'm curious if you're out listening to me right now and you happen to be black or Hispanic, have you ever thought the word field was racist before? If so, reach out and let me know. And if you are listening to me right now, I want to say I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this program, to listen to my random thoughts. It is very much appreciated that you're giving me your time. We are a value for value podcast, which means we rely upon your support to keep on going, to support the show. There's many ways to do that. One, let me know if I'm right or wrong about things. That's always very nice to hear from everybody. And we do rely on your support financially to keep the microphones humming, the web servers going, and all of that. We put the shows out there. You get to decide if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever. My buddy Larry Blydner, who does Planet Rage with me every Monday and does a solo show called That Larry Show every week, that is just fantastic. Said he always learns something. 
on the episodes of Random Thoughts. And that is always an honor to hear because that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm trying to do. I come across things. I have ideas. And I'm like, I think people should know about this to try to make their lives a little better, get their understanding a little bit more. Because so many people have arguments with things like guns and politics, and they don't understand the details of them. And understanding the details will make your life better and give you a better understanding of the world around you. So I'm hoping we're doing that, and we hope we're putting some value out there. And if you did get some value out of that, you go over to our website, randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B-thoughts.com slash donate. You can click the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. If you are on Patreon already, we don't have extra content there, but you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. And if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app, which nobody has in a long time on this particular podcast, boost, let me know you're using a podcasting 2.0 app. If you don't know what that is, you can go to newpodcastapps.com. But today, we have one person to thank, and that is Anonymous with a $25 donation coming in via a check. And it is always appreciated. I am glad you are getting some value out of the show as I try to spread sanity in an otherwise insane world. And again, I thank everybody for listening. The best thing you can do to help support the show is tell a friend about the show, help it grow, because really, who doesn't need? some random thoughts in their life. With that said, I will be back next week with a whole new episode. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 